0: Welcome back to It Starts Now, the happy hour of finance and business. My name is Stanley. I got a good friend here, uh, Shanice, and her husband, Alan. They stopped by to give us some treat and to introduce themselves and to let us know what's going on in this whole automobile industry with the leasing and the rentals and so much more. Please welcome my man, Alan. Alan, welcome.
1: Thank you, guys. Yeah, as as you just said, uh, my, my name is Alan. Um, we own Blue Street Auto, mainly Blue Street Exotics, but you know we do everything automotive from you know from ex- exotic details and the exotic rentals and if you need to buy or sell a car to mechanic work. But our main baby is the exotic rentals. That's where we uh, really cater to the most.
0: And how long you had it for?
1: We started the rental business end of 2017, but really 2018 is when we started. that I like that if it rents out occasionally cool but you know in the beginning as, as bad as a business mindset it was it was more let's get a car and let's see if we could you know own this car and almost not have to pay for it you know have right. a really nice car and let it kind of pay for itself right. that was kind of like the, the test dummy aspect of it in the beginning
0: so did you think it was going to be a good business model or when did you realize it's a good business model
1: when I realized it was a good business model when we bought the first car and I, I didn't see it for a month A month? Pretty much. It almost went out. I think out of 30 days, it went out for like 20, 25 days.
0: And what was the price? Like how much they were renting it for?
1: (laughs) We had no idea what the price the car's at. The the first car that we tested this philosophy on was actually one of two. I actually took one of my friend's cars and made him like a test dummy. He had a, uh, a BMW 850. And then the first car that we actually bought was an E63 Mercedes. Uh, at the time, it was like a 2015, mm-hmm. and that car we didn't know what the price of that. I searched the entire internet, I couldn't find pricing. So, you know, I'm like, what are people going to pay for this for a day? You know, let me put the price at 250. 250, we never sold the car. I'm like, okay, let's bump it up 300. Still never sold the car. I'm like. 400 (laughs) you know i was like you know how high can we go so we kind of kept it at like four around 400 Mm -hmm. you know 350 400 and that seemed to be like the prime spot for that car because at the end of the day nobody had that car you couldn't go to enterprise or hertz or, or, or mavis and get a e63 AMG S black on black with carbon package like there was nobody had that car to rent so, I was kind of in a place of my own, and I honestly only got the car because I just happened to like the car. Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of where we started, you know, which is pretty funny.
0: Yeah, that's, I think, it's, what I like about it so much is the fact that you went ahead and purchased your own car. So, basically, you're saying if my car doesn't rent, it doesn't matter. I still got the car that I like. Exactly. Part the car of my dreams, right? Yeah, exactly. So, to you, it was like a, a win win situation.
1: Yeah, it was win-win, but it was also scary because the payment was like $1,300 a month. So at the time, that was more than all I was paying for rent. <laughs> we were paying like, you know, a couple hundred bucks for rent in like a basement mm-hmm. that at the time my parents had supplied for us, you know. So for us to rent, so for us to buy a car and have that, you know, $1,300 payment plus insurance was Kind of a little bit scary. Because it was like, well, what if it doesn't rent out? Well, we still have this overhead. Right. You know, it was cool to think about, well, I kind of like the car. But the issue was, well, what if it doesn't rent? <laughs> you know? Did you have, a, like, a fallback plan? I had absolutely no fallback wow, let's plan. let's drink to that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's a big gamble. Yeah, the, the only
1: fallback plan was, you know, we would sell the car and just take the hit on the car. You know, if things were really that bad, you know, but obviously depreciation, you know, whatever. It's
2: never a fallback yeah. plan with Alan, by the way. Never.
0: Oh, by the way, that's niece's mm-hmm. wife, so she's sharing that information. But a, a good thing about having, I don't think it's necessarily a fallback plan. It's more so, do you have, in case something goes wrong, you have enough to cover it or you find a way to cover it?
1: No, there was no way to cover it. Mm. It was just, yeah, let's wow. just go and kind of. You know, you quote the YOLO line. Once, say, right? I just, but once I realized that I could move the car, the fear of me not being able to make the money went away. So I think once I proved to myself that I could do it. And, you know, if you read or listen to anybody successful, I and mean, once you're invested, you got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So once you're, so once I was invested, it was just like, we're going to have to make this work no matter what. You know, whether it's, we do two hour rentals, four hour rentals, of bar mitzvah, uh, driving around for a prom, whatever it was, we're going to figure it out. You know, but I think that's what gave me the confidence to say, well, what if you can do, if you have a car going out 20 days a month and you have five of those cars at $400 a day, you got yourself a little business. Right, right. You know, so you could just do very, very simple math to realize like, oh, wow, you can make some serious money.
0: At what point did you decide that this is a real business?
1: I, I realized very early on it was a real business once I looked into the people who were in the industry and saw how successful some of those guys were or how much money some of those guys were making because I was like well how many how many people out there actually have a 20 car fleet so then let me go find those guys you know from the guys who were in California and Vegas and even some of the guys who were successful out here so I kind of just I didn't know anybody in the industry I had no idea I never personally rented a high end car myself anywhere yeah. I, I would just you know you go to Florida you get a little Hertz car and you do what yeah, you gotta yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever you know I never did anything like that so for me I had no concept of it. I, I knew nothing about the industry, nothing. Um, but when I started seeing what some of the other guys' lifestyles were like, and you know, I just did simple math. If you have a website and you have twenty five cars and you have your prices up there, I just kind of add that up and say, well, these guys are these guys are making some really good money, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so I, I mean, and then for I guess for us, once we hit five cars, we realized from actual experience okay wow this is a, a serious income that we can make to actually build a business off of it
0: yeah that's impressive and all all this started with one car mm-hmm. so what how many cars do you have in the fleet right now 22?
1: 22? Yeah. That's, that's, 22 22 yeah that's a lot of cars and they're all going out they're all going out if they're not crashed but that's another story <laughs> <laughs> yeah so
0: only 22 fleets like let's let's do the numbers right now how much is that on average on a good day or uh, let's put it this way: on a good month or a good year.
1: Oh, well, you got to talk to the finance person for that. Um, I know the numbers, but she knows them better than me.
2: I mean, the numbers are the, the, the numbers are substantial. It feeds the family, you know. <laughs> you know, the, it it helps with some investments and in setting up the future for future generation.
0: Okay, that's that's I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's positive. But do you think about it when you got twenty when you got twenty cars in the fleet? A lot of people barely have one car and then you gotta insure all these cars, right? Yeah. How does that work? How, how did you go around that?
1: In the beginning, we didn't know much about the insurance. The insurance is the biggest nightmare, and we live in the Tri-State area, so the insurance is always still gonna be a nightmare. Um, there is, you know, we, we have, you know, a business policy and, and and rental insurance, but it's very, very expensive. The insurance is the biggest nightmare. Because we live in the Tri-State area, people crash cars, like, like all the time. So mm-hmm. the insurance is definitely the hardest part. Um. But just kind of going back to your other question, I mean, you could just base it with that 400 number. What's, what's, what's 400 times 20? A lot. Whatever that number is. Mm-hmm. I don't even, you know, whatever that number is, you know, you could kind of put that together and kind of see what. And that's if everything goes out. Oh, what what's that number?
2: It's 8,000 a day.
1: 8,000 a day. Yeah, that's if everything goes out. Of course. You know, right now we have what, five cars down from accidents and maintenance. You know, so that's just, that just comes with the business. If you don't have a stomach for the accidents, this is not a good business. And for
0: how people. often does that happen? Every
1: month. Every, month, Every month, something happens. It doesn't mean like you have a car get totaled, but you know, from it could be a little fender bender. You know, people get into these cars that they've, you know, sometimes they can't afford it, they can't afford it. Sometimes they've never driven them. You know, how many mm-hmm. people do you know have driven a Lamborghini or a Ferrari or a McLaren or a Rolls Royce or your, you know, your top top of the line Mercedes? You know, your AMGs, your M cars, your R, you know, your Audi. Um, what they call it, like RS line. You know, mm-hmm. A lot of people never get to drive these cars. So people kind of let their head down sometimes. we reason, mm-hmm. reason why we have so many rules, but it's part of the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know what was impressive is that you guys, during the pandemic, in 2020, you guys were really doing well.
1: Um, why is that? We just, there's a lot, that's a, a very loaded question. loaded question because it wasn't one thing that we did. You know, we. that's why we we bought in, you know, doing custom car washes. When I say custom car wash, I mean, like, a, a hand wash, you know, power steam in the cars. You know, and in the beginning, I was doing it myself just to bring people in. Mm. You know, just because, you know, at the end of the day, the pandemic, no one knew what was going to happen. You know, when the pandemic first hit, we were very slow. That first, like, that first, like, March time... And they really was like, mm-hmm. you know, when they were showing the video of people in China dropping and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, everybody was nervous. Right. You know, I, I never, I hate staying home. But when you see people just dropping like flies, obviously I think that's exaggeration now. Mm-hmm. You don't, didn't know. Well, it was it happening. happening. It Even was happening.
0: Yeah. Over here in Queens by the hospital. It was happening. People yeah. like, for example, a friend of mine said he was walking by um, the trucks with the freezers and they had bodies on top of bodies. Yeah. It wasn't an over exaggeration, but yeah. I, I get to what you're saying. You still got to be. You know, very cautious
1: at that time because you didn't know. Yeah. And at that time, when we were March of last year, we probably had what like a seven or eight car fleet. It was six, six, seven cars we had. Mm -hmm. So at that time, we, we, we weren't loaded up on on what we had as far as inventory for cars to pick from. But it was still six, seven car payments, six, seven car insurances that now came to a complete halt. You know um we 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 had a small space in a building you know very minimal overhead but the overhead of the cars was still there so we had to get creative really really fast and you know i, I think we just did a really good job of just marketing ourselves and b- having really good customer service and when people were bored they were like hey, let's go for a drive you know you could quarantine in a car true, true. you know she
0: so brought that up when yeah, i asked her listen how you guys were doing so well and people were renting and leasing she was like listen People had nothing to do. Yeah. So they were just driving around.
1: Yeah. That's
0: like, and, and the roads were empty. That the was roads were empty. So it was, yeah.
1: it, was, it, was, it was nice to go for a drive in New York. That was the only benefit of the pandemic was that the roads were actually <laughs> right. open. You could get from Long Island to the city in under an hour with no traffic. It was, it was a great time right. for, for people who were driving. Yeah, it's, um, especially not, those
0: that like to speed.
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh. Yeah, exactly. So it was a good time for that. But honestly, we just we we just gave people a reason to come down, and you know, and that was really it, you know. And then we did things like ask people what cars they wanted us to buy. Mm-hmm. I think that was the boldest thing that we did was buy more cars
0: during the pandemic. During the pandemic,
1: yeah, we, they were cheap. We tri- they were we cheap tripled. in the beginning. Yeah.
2: yeah, we tripled our fleet in the pandemic.
1: Yeah. Wow. So yeah. we so as we got busier, when and anybody kept asking me where are people driving. The truth is, we never asked anybody where they were going. We were just happy that they were coming to us. You know, I didn't want people to second think, like, maybe I shouldn't rent this. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, when, when, it was funny because at first when we were doing this, you know, Shanice and, and the baby and, you know, the whole family, they were home. Mm-hmm. You know, and they were like, why do you keep going out? I'm like, people are coming to pick up cars. And they were asking me, where are they going? I'm like, please don't ask me. And I'm not asking them because I don't want them to second guess, like, say, hey, uh. Maybe I should have rent this car. You know what I mean? I, I had no idea. I would only ask when they came back. And, you know, it was actually a couple, you know, cool things. A lot of people went to Manhattan because it was so accessible to get there. Right. And they would take pictures, just drive around. And it was just a good, I mean, you guys remember, it was, it was, it, when, when you finally got out during the pandemic and you were in a car and you were just driving, it was different just to get outside. Right, right. You know, so for some people, they still had events. You know, people's birthdays were still happening. Um, you know, at, even though in, in mentality it kind of feels like the whole world is frozen, there were still things going on. So if you had a birthday or, or, or anniversary or whatever it was, those things are still going on just in smaller environments. You know, so we haven't done any recently but we are doing a lot of like drive by Um, birthday parties, like, do, like, for, like, a little kid or something like that. So we were just getting creative, you know, whatever it was. There was no proms. There was no wedding. So we had to get creative really fast. I think that a lot of people
0: figured, why not? I might as well flex now because I don't know what's going to happen. So if I die tomorrow, at least I got to be in my favorite car driving around.
1: Stimulus checks helped. (laughs) (laughs) That first round of stimulus checks helps. And listen, people were getting PPP loans and stimulus checks. I didn't ask anybody where their money came from. As long as it was green, we accepted it. That's it. Man. You know, so we didn't really ask too many questions, but um, people were definitely spending their stimulus money with, with us, which was pretty cool. So
0: what was, like, your biggest moneymaker, the car-wise?
1: That's an easy question for me to answer. So in July of last year, um, we bought a Lamborghini Urus, which is Lamborghini's version of the truck SUV. Mm-hmm. Um, by far, that was our biggest money maker. Really? It was, it, at the time, it was our most expensive car, but... It just, it just appealed to so many different people. You know? So
0: it never came back to the...
1: No, that car was out all the time. That car was out all the time because you, know, you could drive it in the city. You could drive it in bad weather. It stands out. It looks good. It sounds good. It checks off so many, but it fits four or five people. Mm-hmm. It does everything. You know. So it, it, it attracts people that want to be you know, up and coming rappers, current rappers that want to use it for a music video. Uh, people use it for weddings because it was white. You know, it was 100% that I was our number one car. Wow.
0: Now, how do you compete with, like, or I don't, I, let me put it this way. I don't necessarily think that you're competing with that market, but when you got people that's renting out cars, what what separates you guys from everybody else?
1: Um, I guess that's easy for me to answer also. I, I listen to the customers a lot. And I ask them, hey, before you came to us, you know, where did you guys go? Or where did you guys rent from? And a lot of times they say, oh, I used to go here, but... Here was my bad here's the reason why I stopped going there. And then I would ask my other questions like, Well, you found us, what made you guys come here and listen to those things? And I think the number one thing is we just get cars that the people would like to drive. The customers would like to drive, mm-hmm. you know. The color combinations that maybe they may not be my favorite, but maybe it is their favorite. So and how I, do
0: you do that? Do you do like a, a poll? A poll? We
1: we do the polls, obviously. The polls mm-hmm. on social media nowadays you could do a lot of polls. Right. Um and just listening, you know, like every every song you hear, a rapper talking about now, artists talking about they in a Rolls Royce. You don't got a Rolls Royce, not a real rental company. You, right, you right, got to right. have the Rolls Royce, you know, double R, whatever they say, you know. So just kind of being in tune with the community, mm-hmm. listen to what people like, listening to like what what are the what cars that are in the movies, what cars are everybody driving around, you know, like Hellcats. You know, you hear Hellcats all the time, whether you hate them or love them. You know, we had to get one of those because everybody kept asking about. Right. It. So I think I only get. And the second, the, that's the first part of it. And the second part of it is I am a big car guy. I've been a car guy since I was a little, little kid. You know, I've been racing cars since I was a, early, like a teenager. I only buy cars that I would personally drive. So if I wouldn't personally drive it, I wouldn't buy it. Right, right, right. That's like a big philosophy that we try to stick by. Like, if I wouldn't enjoy driving this, I'm probably not going to buy it. My poor Ben Yeah. Yeah. Say that again.
2: My poor Bentayga.
1: Oh, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of it. It's okay. The Bentley truck. Mm-hmm. We're going to get one. I just, I don't love it. Like, I love the Rolls-Royce truck. I love the Lamborghini truck. Mm-hmm. You know? like, even the BMW X67. You,
0: you guys are a fan of trucks? We
1: like, well, yeah, we have to. From you know, New York. Does the
0: trucks make more money than the, the actual s- sedans?
1: No, it's just people like to lug people around. And SUVs just make it easy. And a luxury SUV is just so easy. Mm-hmm. You can throw stuff in it. You can throw people in it and still be in a nice, a super nice car. You know, and not have to worry about maybe, like, you know, you drive a Lamborghini, like, sports car. You know, you're three inches away from the ground. You know, you're driving a Lamborghini truck. You got six, seven, eight inches of clearance. Right. You know, so it's just different. If you work, like, she's always with a positive people. You know, mm-hmm. her being in a 2 to sports car, man, would be ideal for her. You know, if you're, if you're traveling with people, you know, like, let's say you guys. You guys are traveling. Right. It could just be the two of you guys, but you guys have a second row and a trunk. so easy to move all your stuff. You're in a, a sports car. Which it makes it hard. You can't move it. I mean the trunk could fit a glass of Ciroc <laughs> <about> <laughs> it. Yeah, maybe a T shirt. You know? <laughs> no, I agree. Uh
0: the only thing I think that um uh, you, you gotta be a you gotta be a fan of the trucks though too. Like you said earlier, like you gotta love what you're buying, yeah, right? Yeah. So you gotta be a fan of the truck. So even though it, it carries all this space or lug room, like you said, mm-hmm. but you still gotta be like you gotta enjoy trucks. Like yeah. for me, like my boy, he has a, um, that what's that that Wrangler, the new one. Going uh, to
1: like the pickup. Yeah, with the
0: pickup, right? For me, climbing up to sit down and something—it's yeah. just not ideal. Not to say I don't like it. Yeah. Because once I'm in it, I'm comfortable and relaxed. Yeah. But for me to get up and climb, so I think for everybody, they have their own liking, whatever. But I think what you got going on is incredibly good. Uh, do you think it's a sustainable business?
1: Um, I, I don't see why not um, for the fact that I, I don't see us going anywhere anytime soon for the simple fact that we can adjust to whatever the market brings. So even if the entire market decides to go into the electric department, mm-hmm. you know, we'll just buy electric cars, you know. So but why
0: haven't you guys done that now?
1: Um, I just need the technology to go further because the, the biggest problem with electric cars is you have to be able to charge them. So if you rent a car and you don't have access to be able to charge it, that could be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, we are very close to getting onto those, you know, the, the technology is catching up where the range of these cars is going to be bigger and bigger. And once that technology is like at a at a height where I feel comfortable, we'll, we'll invest in some of those.
0: Okay. Because yeah. I think right now the EV space is starting to really, really grow. Yeah. But I don't think that, do you think that they'll ever get to the point where... They'll take over like a Mercedes or like a Lamborghinis or things like that.
1: I mean, every single company is going to be forced to go hybrid. It's just, you know, it's going to start with from gas to hybrid to then full electric. You know, Porsche has been working on it for years. They have two cars out there. You know, actually, you can almost get every one of their cars now in some type of hybrid form. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lamborghini is actually working on a super hybrid. You know, so the, the, the performance is still there. That's not going to affect anything. The looks are still going to be there. It's going to be a different engine. So, for me, that doesn't affect me at all. It's, you know, we, we, we refresh the cars every couple of, of years anyway. So, it doesn't matter to me. That's good, we'll I'm just good. get whatever's hot. <laughs> <laughs> whatever's
0: making money, too, right? Nah, yeah, right. no, I agree. Now, I want to I wanna, uh, talk to Shanice for a little cool. bit, if you don't mind. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Alan is my drinking buddy for the day. He's the designated driver.
2: This is a plug right here for all the renters. Uh, I'm drinking tea because I'm the driver. <laughs> so... I see y'all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Shanice, how does it feel like being a woman in business and managing all the, the back end of the stuff?
2: How does it feel? It feels right. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that feel like women shouldn't be in business. Um, and my thing to them is always like, well, why not? Right, right. Um, I think we bring a different feel to it. Because sometimes, you know, as Alan is out there driving, you need somebody to pick up the pieces along the way or put the track in front right you know um so I think it's I think it's 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 better to be a couple that's building together Mm -hmm. than a couple that's doing separate things because you have one goal you have one drive so you're you're just that much closer together um and you know even from when we we started business we started out selling sneakers Right. We were all not, in that together. Right. This yeah. is like what the second or third. This is like our third business. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. So we've been doing this. This is what we do. We work together and we mm-hmm. work good together. We, you know, a little dynamic, dynamic duo. Mm-hmm. You know. But everything we do, we do full force. Like what Alan was saying. Do we have a fallback plan? No. It's make this work until you know the goal is to make this a multi-million-dollar company. You know, sell it, and then everybody's good. You right know? right right. so this this business is to fund the future generations.
0: So you guys are looking at what uh, five year go um game plan, fifteen ten year game plan what it was like for, for this company specifically
2: yes. mm-hmm. um well, right now uh, we're on year three, so we have two more years after the fifth year, we're gonna evaluate the company a little bit. Mm-hmm. I said we have like ten fifteen years in this industry. But I don't, I don't see us 10, 15 years running this specific company. Right, right. Um, but like like you said, you know, we, we kind of keep it fresh. We keep going with the people where the people go, you know. What um, what Ashley said, with the people them, we go with the people them.
0: We go. <laughs> so you guys are for the people. We're
2: for the people. We're for the people. We're for the next generation. Um, we always wanted to leave something that people can follow or people can use. We've always tried to go with a business that. You know, we can help the next person grow. You know, so we always look, we look at the rentals now, this business, it, it does generate a lot of income, enough income to, you know, free our family from some debts so that we can do more for people. You know, um, we're feeding a lot of families through this business.
0: Yeah. You know. And you guys didn't know it was going to, or you had an
2: idea. I always know when we touch something, mm-hmm. it's going to be the best. It, it, we used to say this thing, you know, when we first got married, even before we got married, you know, we're the best team in America, just yeah. him and I. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that whatever we touch is going to be golden. And w- if we let it go, that's, you know, that's on us. But everything we touch, it, we expect it to be worth a lot.
0: Right. Yeah. And financially, you, you said it takes care of the family. It takes care of everybody. Right. Uh, but you also invest in other things. hundred percent. So tell me what's that like? Because now you're running this business and then you're investing in multiple things.
2: Always, real estate, cryptocurrencies. Um, Alan, other I know Alan's states. big in that crypto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and Alan's been on crypto for a long time. For a long we, time, yeah. You know, stocks. I mean, he's had I stocks. Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we have had, we have had he's had stocks since he was a kid. I mean, we have a, a, a decent stock portfolio. You know, but it's all about diversifying mm-hmm. which is we said okay this this business you know is great but what is it going to set us up for that's what we always look at we always look to you know point to point or peak to peak you know mm-hmm. Peak to a, that's a book plug by the way but peak to peak um you always have to be looking for what's going to keep you going not just what you have so that's why we were able, and I meant to say, we, tripl- we tripled our fleet, but we didn't. We actually quadrupled our fleet in the pandemic because we went from six to 24.
0: Now, what, what made you decide, uh, you guys together and say, listen, it's a pandemic going on. We're going to make this push and buy. Did you see it because you saw the prices of the cars going down? Or did you see the, the pent-up demand? People were still asking for it.
2: Pent-up demand plus insane driving abilities. Like Alan, legit, he can sell you your own mic. You'd be like, "Wait, I thought this was mine." Right. No, 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 no. <laughs> he'll sell you anything.
1: The demand, the demand was the main thing, though. Yeah, the demand was 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 so high, we were selling out every weekend, and we were like,
2: "We still can't meet the demand." But a twenty, you know, we have a twenty-three car fleet right now. We still can't meet the demand. You know, some of our competitors have a seventy car fleet. And can't meet the demand. Mm-hmm. So the it's it's like, you know, you, you when you're talking about knowing the industry, um, one of the things with this industry is we kind of all help each other out in a way because what happens when I sell out of a car and I have a customer? What am I going to leave that customer with no product? Mm-hmm. We got to plug them somewhere.
0: Right. So
2: we, you know, I think one of the biggest things with, you know, Alan is, he has the ability to, people like him. You know, they may they, yeah, they, not the like guy. me, you know, because... <laughs> but they will like him, you know? So it's a matter of like, hey, you know, I'll help him out or, you know, he'll be like, "Hey, you know, I'll help you." Out. He's t- he's given our competitors tens of thousands of dollars worth of business. So why wouldn't they return the favor or why wouldn't why would they turn up a cheek at us or say a thing or try to smash us? They wouldn't.
0: Hmm.
2: I mean, we we're not here even though we compete. We're not really here to compete. There's enough to go around for everybody. To right.
0: Eat. Right. Yeah. But you still wanna like scale as much as you can, right? Hundred percent. Yeah. So, we wanna be the best. You see? It's a <laughs> so I know that you wanna compete with the big boys. Now my my thing Well is, on
2: Long Island we are one of the big boys.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's, in, that's, in, in New, New York, York we're one York, of the big boys. Right. Yes. yes. But
0: you wanna be number one in the world. Right. So now how are you gonna do you have <laughs> like how are you gonna reach that?
2: Yeah, yeah, we do. Okay. Stay okay. tuned.
0: Okay, that's why I like Yeah, that. <laughs> Stay tuned. But that's good, man. Um, you got to
2: hear it here first Starts here uh, Starts absolutely. now Starts now Starts now
0: yeah. Starts now So uh, I like you say continue To be continued mm-hmm. Stay tuned mm-hmm. You got a lot of things in the work
2: Definitely I know
0: we talked about it earlier We're not going to say it over the mic What's coming soon Oh yeah Yeah but The fact that you, you got Might as to- well say it
2: A little bit A little teaser yeah. Yeah. We'll be in a nice sunny location soon Okay Is that good enough? No just say it really. Drop a whole teaser
1: yeah, you might All right, know.
2: we'll drop the whole teaser. He wants Go to ahead. drop the whole teaser. So, you know, um, starting October of this year, we'll be down in uh, Miami fully. Um, so come check us out when you're on your vacations.
0: So you're going to have a spot here Yep. and a spot in Miami. Absolutely. All right. Miami's a yeah. nice place to be.
2: It's beautiful.
0: I know Alan's going to have a good time over there. 100%. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Miami—that's where everybody go, and everybody want a luxury car. Everybody want to flex there. Literally, so I think it's going to be a—I a, a, wouldn't say growing pains, but definitely I see the sky's the limit. There's a lot of opportunities.
2: There's a—I mean, our competitors down there are the same. It's the same thing as here. Yeah, the, but the demand doesn't meet.
0: Established. Yeah. So people are so used to going to them, right?
2: Not necessarily. You'd be okay. surprised. I mean, in this industry, it's it's we we've developed a business of you know our our whole team is a family. You come in, you know us by first names. Like hey, you know they call me Shay. They be like hey Shay, you here today? Blah blah. You know, or you you meet up with our staff. They all know us. Right. So they come in, they feel at home. Um, and that's the one thing I never want to lose within the company. Like our the people that we bring on, our team that we bring on these are not just random people these are actually people who like they they were with us in the beginning in the beginning no yeah. one is no one on the staff right now is just like or a random person like we have people on the staff that are godparents for our kid you know like
0: so it's, everybody it's it's family It's growing together
2: that's what we believe in
0: yeah, that's what i like yeah
2: we, we believe in that you know buy black build back black you know but latinos too yeah. Um, <laughs> diversity. You know, diversity. but even, even till, you know, the Asian community, we're big in that. You know, it's just about diversity. Even, uh, you know, like we have some really, really good friends who are white. Right. But we all believe in, hey, we work together, we build together. If you're not building, you got to sit back and watch until you're ready to build. But you're going to have to build eventually.
0: Yeah. I yeah. like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, well, me and Alan take a drink for that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, not drinking yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's 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 a non-negotiable for us and our family like it's just keep building keep building you don't you there's no free rides mm-hmm. there's no free rides our son is not inheriting our money right. if we if we die he's a millionaire but guess what it's all structured
0: but he's still got to work for it
2: he has to work for everything yeah, he doesn't I get believe a, a dime from us you
0: yeah know? i believe in that yeah. I, be, I believe that builds a lot of character and then um, it takes away from the entitlement.
2: It, there is no entitlement. You're mm-hmm. entitled to nothing. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah you, know, I agree. you know,
2: you know, got, you know, we changed our company name to Blue Street. My dad, you know, name being Blue, mm-hmm. you know, so we, and obviously Street for the cars. You know? right. So it was like, you know, and obviously we're tropical island people, right? So Blue in the ocean. So it was kind of cool, kind of mixing the yeah. new name in. And one of the things he always said is said, um, you know, the only thing you have to do. Is stay black and die yeah right everything else is a choice we choose to win
0: correct yeah everything is a choice i i, I remember somebody there's this there I, I think it's like a caribbean thing because we had somebody said the same thing to me one day and uh oh old, older lady and she said you know i don't have to do anything uh it's my choice of whether i do something if i don't do it mm-hmm. so and that's why, that's why we even got that Yoda thing up there. Oh, do it or, or do not. Right. Like, there's no, there's no, there's no yeah, there is yeah, none. There's no, none of that. I hate with the word try. Day. No. Yeah.
2: There's no such there's thing no, as try. Yeah.
0: So it's either you're going to do it or you're right. gonna, not going to do it. That's why
2: right? we didn't have a backup plan.
0: And I, and I, I like that a lot because a lot of people, you know, even though you could, you can leverage certain situations, you can say, okay, if I, if I go here and uh, things don't work out, I can have a, not necessarily a backup plan, but I know I can cover this, mm-hmm. right? But that's in, in the back of your mind, you're setting up yourself up to say, listen, you got to fall back, so you're not going to go 100%. Mm-hmm. So the moment you realize there's no safety net, there's no nothing, I have to go out there and perform, then that's when you're going to do your best and make it happen, right? Have to. And a lot of best, best businesses are run off of pure, not just strategy, not just uh, business savvy. But also the fact that they, they believed in something, and they just said, you know what, I'm just going to shoot from the hip, and let's see what's happened. Yeah, right? I, and I then mean, you figure I, it I'll out. Tell you, I, I tell
2: you that right now, Alan and I really believe we could do anything.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, mindset. if you
2: if you told us like, hey, scratch what we're doing, we're building a rocket, we're going to space. we will be like, okay, we're not smart enough to put that rocket together, but we're smart enough to put that team of people who could put the rocket together. That's good. You know, so we literally like, and I know that. That's, like, something that sometimes it comes off as arrogance, but it's not. I think it's also, too, of knowing, like, who you are. Like, we believe in God, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, it's, we could do anything with him who strengthens us. Literally. Like, we believe that to sometimes it would be like, well, I believe I'm going to win this argument. And you'd be like, well, I believe I'm going to win the argument, you know? So mm-hmm. it's always a, a, it's a battle, but mm-hmm. I think it's good. It stretches us. It makes us grow. And we have a lot of people who depend on us.
0: Yeah, you guys are doing very, very good. Like I said, in the pandemic, when it first started, I was like, wow, you guys are really thriving in this situation. So that's when I knew you guys had something special. And to double down uh, during that time, thats
2: it was, that it was a lot.
0: A, and quadrupling, it was
2: a lot of cojones. <laughs> it, it, t- it, took, it took
0: a lot of that. It took a lot of that. It a- but I think it, it also took a lot of, like, believing in yourself. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah.
2: and Well, the two, I think a lot of people forget to have the team around you strong. So when you feel, you know, because doubt will creep in. It, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have the people around you, you never doubt on the same day. So your team has to stay strong, right? Right, right. Around you. So... There were times when we we're like, oh man, like what's going on, or, like what are we doing, like are we really gonna do this, like should we close up shop, and then you get a slap. Like sometimes it's a slap because depending on who in your team it is, mm-hmm. you know, it could be a slap. Sometimes it could be a gentle nudge. You know, it could be like my brother, I'm like you got this, and I'm like, all right, you know, mm-hmm. like you know, it depends. But you have to have those people in place around you, because um, you're you're going to slip. There's gonna be times when you slip, but if you have a great team, then you won't fall. Right. Right. So, I mean, we attribute everything to our, our families are everything for us, literally everything. Yeah,
0: they're the backbones. Like yeah. I, I know your family personally, and I know how tough everyone is. Uh, it's it's yeah. go hard or go home. Go
2: home. Listen, yeah. if you call, if you get a ticket, and you get a call from the tickets department, it's Allen's mom. You better answer. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's real because. Mama don't play yeah. she like you don't pay these tickets
0: see yeah. that you need you need a whole team around you when you when especially when you building something big like this like twenty twenty fleet twenty car fleet in three years how would you evaluate what would you say your company's worth right now
2: um, you have to say off uh well our company right now is probably worth north of ten million what it's worth mm-hmm. um
0: based which off is, the assets and everything yeah, okay.
2: yeah. north of 10 million which is which is dope you know Long Island Brooklyn
0: and now you guys going down to Florida yeah that's going to even add to the value yeah because now you got to buy more yeah. cars
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah that's what's up second happening.
2: location in New York coming to him. we heard we heard the people talking mm-hmm. you know we like Alan says we listen so close to here yeah very close shh don't drop it we got to mm. keep some stuff a secret. <laughs> yeah, no, I but, definitely like You it. know, we, we, we hear. We hear the people talking. I think that's what's so cool because we're not far removed. Like, some people are like, oh, we make money. And I'm like, well, we don't make money. The company makes money. That's right, number right, one. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all those business owners out there, what I really want to say is invest into your business, invest into your craft mm-hmm. before you start investing into yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just... That's I see a lot of people like we we were coming when we were coming up. There were other people who were trying to do this as well. And a lot of them have washed away. Right. Because you can't feed the company and feed your ego.
0: Right. At the same time.
2: You know, so Alan would laugh. We like, you know, like, yeah, I had this jacket for like seven years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're going to keep wearing that jacket for seven years.
0: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a firm <laughs> believer of that. Okay. Yeah. 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 I believe in that. I'd rather invest back into the company. All the time. Uh, than every time. Good. yeah. Yeah, you have I, to. I had, a per, uh, I had a mentor, a close friend of mine, but he, he helps guide me in certain things. And he said, listen, on paper, on paper, I'm worth like a couple of millions on paper. All right. But he said, if you go in my account, I'm not worth a million you know i'm probably in the 100,000 200,000 range mm-hmm. maybe in my account but on paper i'm worth a couple of million because if you add up all my assets and all the things i got going on investments then yeah but i don't right. feel that way No. A, so i got to keep grinding and that's and that's what you guys sound like to me like for Allen to wear the same jacket for the last 7 years that that lets me know like you can buy certain things mm-hmm. but you do like want to invest into um back into the company which i think is a great great thing especially when you know you have a goal yeah right because yeah. clearly you guys have a goal and you're like, oh, yeah. right, this is what we we we're not gonna be content until we reach that goal
2: well if you if you if you know alan mm-hmm. um i, I it is he has big goals <laughs> and his thing is it's really true like He'll love everybody, but his goal is to always be the best. Yeah. And, you know, it's just it's just the culture. So our family culture is be the best.
0: That's it, number one. Chain best. is like that, too. That's why, yeah. I like, that's what we all buy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good That's people. why he
2: gave, you know, the blessing for me to be with Alan, you know. <laughs> he, was, he was of the family <laughs> culture, you know. Yeah, he, yeah. he definitely the
0: got the mindset for it. Yeah, yeah. All right, let me let me chop it up for the rest of the jump,
2: jump back. All right,
0: So we wanted to um, give a quick uh, dialogue of what's been going on. So we were trying to set this up for a while now, and I wanted to make sure that we had the studio, the the new studio ready. Studio is beautiful, by the way. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah. So we wanted to make sure we get family and celebrate family with family. New studio. They got the new projects going on. They just finished closing out on a a home out. And can I say where? in Long Island in Long Island alright <laughs> cause I know Shanice is
1: like yeah, very private with hers <laughs> yeah. she's so, not let to be posting anything so uh,
0: yeah so that's why we wanted to make this happen uh, fresh, fresh start for us with the new studio fresh start with them so it's like they got the new branding that's out um, stay tuned they got like a new commercial that's coming and so much things are happening so we just wanted to celebrate new things with new things so that's why we waited uh, to have this here but man, um, Alan, I'm, I don't know what to say, man. You got all these accolades that was being thrown at me um, for you. You know,
1: you <laughs> I'm got like a guy great... out of high school. <laughs> <laughs> I pay the teachers off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but li- listen, you're here.
1: Yeah, we are here. Yeah,
0: and then you know, you guys gonna close probably on your third, third. Um, uh, this is the third business, but you guys gonna open up a third. Uh, car dealership place so yeah to me, that's that's huge man uh, give me some of your
1: background um obviously in high school i mean i don't want to say obviously but i played a lot of sports in high school you know um my parents didn't look like i want to seem like i had like this crazy background where we were like struggling but i'm one of five kids you know my, my mom you the a, youngest i'm the oldest oh, okay i'm the oldest of five so you know my my dad was in corrections for 20 years we watch him work religiously, you know what I mean? Just corrections, right on Rikers Island over here in New York. Yeah. So, you know, that wasn't an easy job. And my mom had, you know, she was in real estate. She did sales, you know. So they were both workers, you know. We we didn't have lazy parents. I don't have one of those stories. You know, being the oldest of five, you know, and you want to buy expensive, expensive Jordans, your mom's like, not today, <laughs> you know. You know, you're going to have to go and get a job. So right. very at very young, my mom is preaching the job story, you know, right, go, right, get job, right. go get a job, go get right. a job. And uh, I I know she has it somewhere. She my first check work check. She has it somewhere. She like photocopied it and all like right. saved it because it was like a big thing. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing for me was that that just helped me understand like entrepreneurship. And this is like the story that I tell everybody because it's just so simple. I worked a job in high school and I also sold candy in high school. Um, I sold candy just for extra money. And our vending machines were shut off during the day. I don't know, I don't know if that's all schools, but you couldn't use the vending machines when you were in school. It was Stupid! You couldn't use it until after school hours. Um, I sold a lot of candy in school. You know, imagine being, you know, 15, 16, 17, making almost a hundred dollars a day. I was like a millionaire. You know, yeah. to me, it was yeah. literally
0: from a kid's perspective.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I, literally had a candy business when I was in school, and I made way more money selling candy than I did working at any job. I, used to, I worked at a sneaker store. I worked at an auto parts store. You know, I, I worked for a mechanic shop. No matter how many jobs I got, I made way, I bought my first car selling candy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that was like the whole reason for me doing it was just to figure out ways to make extra money. Because my mom and dad actually were like, well, if you have $5,000, we'll, then we'll co-sign for you for a car. Um, you're 17, 16 years old. You're like $5,000. You might as well say $5 Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> so I'm like $5,000. It's like, a long stretch. Yeah, you know, when mm-hmm. you have like $15 to go to, to, go yeah. to the, to get a sandwich and go to the movies. <laughs> that's about <laughs> it. You know, so, you know, I, I was very desperately trying to figure out ways to figure out make, ways to make more money. And it all started from taking all the Halloween candy that we had and mm. selling that. And then when that ran out, it was like, well, we got to go buy some more candy, you know. So I, I don't know if I bought it or if my mom gave me, like, my first batch of candy from my Costco BJ's. But then we just kept going. Then I ended up hiring my mom to drive me back and forth to the store because she said it was, she wasn't doing it for free. Yeah, and we, So you paid her? I had no choice. It was, <laughs> if she didn't take me to get the candy, there was no candy being <laughs> bought, you know. But uh, it was crazy. Like Lily, I made more money mm-hmm. to the to the fact that my school thought I was selling drugs. It was stupid, you know, because some yeah. days I, was, if it was like a, like I a. I mean, did you get the car? I did get the car. So I did you get could the see car. Why. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I did get the car. I, I was I was 17, eight, I was eighteen years old, with like a thirty thousand dollar car in high school, and my dad had to coat he, he him and my mom said that they would get it for me if I got the money. Yeah. So they had no choice. <laughs>
0: what kind of car? Your it, was a, it was
1: a it was a 2008 Mitsubishi Evo, which yeah. I still have to this day.
0: Was that year on year?
1: I still have it, yeah. but it
0: was on a year on year. Yeah, oh, I graduated
1: okay. 2000 in 2009, but in, in 2008 school year, I had the car. So to have a brand new car and you were in high school yeah. was like the craziest, craziest, craziest thing yeah. of all time. You know,
0: Shanice was in Iran. No, no. No, I would have asked you something else, like how much attention you were getting.
1: Oh, no, attention was stupid. I played football, <laughs> I played basketball, I had one of the nicer I cars in school. Yeah. It's yeah, it was it was crazy. Okay. But so it was,
0: it was like, uh, that's where your competitiveness came from? Yeah,
1: okay. 100%, yeah. You know, but it's selling candy, people think, oh, selling candy. Selling candy was hard. It was illegal. To, like, in school, you weren't allowed to do it unless you were part of a fundraiser. So that was one thing. Yeah. And then to lug... 50, 60 pounds of candy and drinks to school every day was a nightmare. So you were hustling. Yeah, it was it was hard. It yeah, was, but it you were hustling. That's yeah. what,
0: think about it like this, right? You got <laughs> you got something that's illegal. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And you're getting it by the weight, right? Yeah. And then you're breaking it down. Yeah, so exactly. So you basically you was hustling. Literally, <laughs> I had to pay some teachers
1: off with free sodas <laughs> and no, free candy. Know. It was it was crazy. Yeah, the hustle's the hustle. Yeah, matter how it play. doesn't matter how it was. Yeah. It doesn't matter how it was, but. You know, it was really bad, and I started rem- remembering people's orders. That was really yeah. bad. Yeah, I'm like Twix, Snickers. Okay, cool. I knew that before they even asked for it. So it you broke bad. it
0: down, and then you had your supplies, and you knew what your supplies needed.
1: At one point, I have when I when I I never forget when they shut me down. Kinda, the guidance counselors went into my locker and took all my candy and called my parents. And my mom was like laughing. Like, you're calling me because this kid's selling candy? Like is that a joke? They took my candy and they said that every day I walked into school they want to check my bag
0: so they confiscated your candy
1: took everything right. I stole it back from the guidance counselor which is a whole other story but I ended up having four people sell candy for me and I've noticed very early that I hate employees but you need them <laughs> <laughs> because I, I I was I didn't have a lot of broken candy you know bag stuff get open that never happened to me very right. rarely somehow I get employees and everything is destroyed melted is missing money it was yeah, interesting. But, but you know
0: what it is? Uh, I've come to realize, uh, unless you invest money yourself, you may not value no, somebody else's things. You right? And that's the same thing with money. When Sometimes when you invest into someone or invest into a company, because it's not their money, they might not value it as much. Yeah. So sometimes bootstrapping it and doing it yourself, it takes a lot longer. But sometimes to get started, you may have to do that until you... you Get to where you need to, and then start building your company.
1: I agree. I think I think some companies get too much funding too early, mm-hmm. and is what hurts them. You know, we see it on a bigger scale. You know, some of these startups get so much money, and then they fail because it's not their money. You know, because they can't
0: value it as much. They don't. They don't look at it like, okay, maybe I need to slow down on the spending. Maybe I need to budget for this. You know, yeah. and then when you, before you know it, that money's gone. Cause two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand. If you if it's spent wrong, that can disappear right away. Very very fast. Yeah yeah,
1: that's one of the hardest things with business is learning how to manage the money. I mean we we we're not. I'm not an expert now. We we still deal with that right now. It's like what is too many cars? You know, is is there a number that is too many? and um, my but opinion, you need
0: to invest in cars for
1: you of course to yeah. Grow. yeah So it's like well, do you buy? Is the goal old thirty? And then forty, and then fifty. Well, do you have the customers to supply that? You know, like you got. It's always that battle. You know, is, is, is there too much of an expense? You know that that you have. Um, it can be as simple as just getting a space. You know, you're like, well, is it too big? Is it too small? You know, these are all things that you got to think about. Mm-hmm. When it's not your money, you're like, give me the biggest room you got. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know,
1: and you don't care. Yeah. You know, instead of thinking about, you know, well, let me start here and then work my way. And then there's the opposite, where it's like, if, are you thinking too small? You know, because there's some people that may say to you, well. You know, twenty cars would be perfect, and I'm happy there. But right? you may need more, mm. or maybe a a twenty foot room is, is 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 perfect, you may need a fifty foot room. Like, it, there's both ends of it that you always have to play seesaw with. Right, you know? right, right. Am I thinking too big or am I thinking too small? It's always hard. How you struggle with that? And how you handle that struggle? <sighs> it's a battle all the time. I I think every entrepreneur deals with that every day. Where it's like, when do you stop pushing? Me, I don't, I don't know when to, you know, if, if for me, if you tell me, listen, we need a hundred cars, I'll just keep going, and not even realize, like maybe you got to slow down and not stop, but gather up, you know, mm-hmm. like, absorb the momentum and get used to where you are, and then keep going. Sometimes you just keep going, keep going, keep going, and it gets kind of crazy. Um, I still, I still battle with that, you know, I still battle with thinking too big for thinking too small, and you know, I'm always outside of listening to podcasts and Mm -hmm. audiobooks and reading you know and you know having maybe a good coach or mentor which in this business i don't have right right you know there was nobody i could go to to ask for help you know nobody was willing to help us
0: true but this business right here i think it's like uh it's rare that you have two young black people that actually owning uh, a fleet of cars luxury cars at that yeah and, you know, leasing it out to everybody. We so, get weird looks
1: all the time. I know,
0: <laughs> it's like, to me, the, the the concept of it is this. What do you guys know about, you know, owning a luxury car? Because I yeah. can see it. Yeah. I can see yeah. that the, the, the perception or the, and then once you understand that, wait, these people about their business, I think that's when that, that uh, paradigm shift happens and they start looking at you like, okay. Yeah. Maybe these, these, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, these, yeah, they, yeah, these people are real. yeah. But it, you had to grow to get accustomed to people looking at you like, mm-hmm. because even me, I was like, you know, you guys are young, black, and I think at the time you guys had like six or seven cars in the street. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was like, wow, you know, who do you go to to get a, a mentor like that?
1: I mean, there there was nobody to go to. I, my mentor was YouTube and just looking at everybody else that who were in the, and now I'm going to say YouTube as a mentor, but... You know, there was a a couple people that had YouTube channels that had rental companies throughout the country. Mm-hmm. So I would just look at what they did and just kind of feed off that, you know, feed off their energy and then follow people on social media and see what they were doing. But nobody was the problem with this industry is because the cash flow is very good. No one's willing to give the information. Right. So the information on how to run the business is very valuable once you know what you're doing. You know, there's a lot of people who are a lot older than me to ask me for help. And I can't help them because it's literally like stepping on your own toes, you know, and every business you have competition. But the, the biggest thing here is it's very easy to create more competition for yourself if you give too much information out. And uh, everything that in another thing that makes it hard is a lot of the information you have to lose money and fail mm-hmm. to figure out. So, like, imagine you lose 20 grand on a deal or 20 grand trying an experiment and then you figure it out and you're able to bounce back and recover from that, the last thing you want to do is give the information out for free Mm -hmm. because you know how valuable it is. Right, right. Especially when you know what you went through through that time, through that, I guess you could say devastation when that happened. You're like, well, if we bounce back from this because that's what you're thinking, Mm -hmm. we now know what to do. Right. And obviously, in our industry, because the insurance companies are always changing rules, New York State's always changing rules, you know, so we're always battling with that. That And then you know you sit back and you're like, well, I'm not giving this information out for free. So now I kind of understand why people don't do it. And I think that the problem is one of the biggest issues that we have in the Tri-State area, and I think throughout the country, there's a lot of people giving back that sell courses on how to do it. And they're the fakest people that I've ever met, mm-hmm. you know, because they don't really have the business. You know, anybody that really has the business of building a fleet of cars, the proper insurances, you know, the the, the proper contracts, no one's giving the information out for free. Mm-hmm. Now you have a lot of fly-by-night guys who maybe on social media look like they're doing crazy. Mm-hmm. They're giving out a whole bunch of BS information, right? And selling people dreams.
0: So you don't believe that. Uh, uh, so if it, if I'm understanding correctly, you're just not willing to give the information out for free to anyone. Yeah, but you you won't mind helping if somebody came to you and want to. Be on a mentorship type of thing.
1: It would have to be somebody who was like sold out to it. Yeah. Okay. Now, okay. what does that mean to me being sold out? That's a whole nother story. Yeah. You yeah. know, but it would have to be somebody that's really, really sold out to you know wanting to do this. And at the end of the day, trying you know trying willing to go through the negatives because there is negatives. Mm-hmm. You know, um, every single month. I mean, this month that just passed, we had. <sighs> minimum five to ten grand a week in cars that were just down so if you're not ready for that you know if you don't have the stomach for cars getting told and cars getting crashed and situations arising that you're not going to be ready for this mm-hmm. that's not for you you know this business is not for the faint of heart not not at all yeah, yeah you know yeah. there is a, a really good and glorious part of it until it becomes bad right. because the bad is really bad right,
0: right. you know so and you balance that bad literally every month.
1: Yeah, every I mean it's just once you get used to it it's just like, well this is just kind of what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, it just So you
0: guys have cycles. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. you got seasons too where you guys are like sold out Yeah. and then seasons where things mm-hmm. don't really sell. So what would you say is your down season?
1: Down season 100% for us is like right after Christmas. Right after like right around Christmas, like right when Christmas is New Year's is done. You know, January, February, March, is kind of slow. You know, it slows down right in October, but you still have, like, the holidays, you yeah. know, so people still rent during the holidays. And then, you know, the, wind, the the heat of the wintertime is in New York, nobody's going anywhere. Nobody's outside, especially pandemic time.
2: That's why we're going to Miami. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's the
1: reverse because, you know, their, their, their spring break is in March. Right, right. You know, so it's very, and people, you know, the snowbirds go down when it's cold up here, go down there. So it's very different mm-hmm. in, in the south because it's warm right know? right, so, right. yeah you, know, you, you you guys have experienced new york winter why are you outside for you gotta be crazy if you stand outside right right you know and that's the, people, the trucks though that's yeah the the, trucks so are, the right. trucks still rent but like the show off aspect because everybody's inside so you mix it being cold with a pandemic where are you going right, you know right um you can't even show up like you're not outside you know summertime is people barbecues picnics. people are hanging out outside. You know, the people will see you. You know, you rent these cars to be seen. Right, right. You know, most people that rent the cars want to be seen. You know, it's very rare you have somebody that doesn't want to be seen take the cars. You know, you have, like, your super car enthusiasts that come to us Mm -hmm. that may rent. But that's a a small percentage compared to people who want to be seen.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, you know, I definitely find that intriguing because when you go... You write about all aspects of it. I just think that when you go like in Miami for for me there's you see luxury cars everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like um not to say you can't compete but there's just people just have luxury cars, that have luxury cars. So you're going to get a lot of the bulk of the the consumers, a lot of bulk of your traffic is going to come from people that's flying in. Yeah. Right? Um because once you're there
1: you have to have it. Yeah. You know. I think I think there's more people worried about us coming down. Then we are worried about going down there. Like oh, okay. the like there's some there's some really big dogs in Miami that have been there for a long time. That I have yeah. a lot of respect for. But then there's some people that, you know, don't really have the best systems. So when we come down there, we're gonna put a lot of pressure yeah, on them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I agree. It'll be yeah. fun. Yeah, I, I know it'll be fun. You wanna re up? What
1: do you wanna do? Yeah, we got some more.
0: All right. It be- sounded like you were babysitting over there. Oh me? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> So if, if, are you good on the ice? Yeah, we're good on the ice. The
2: glasses
0: yeah, glass chill. Yeah, the glasses chill. I wanted to touch base because I know you guys uh, together are strong. Mm. And a lot of times when you have two strong personalities running a company that live together, see each other, I know there's disagreements. Cause oh, I yeah. know because <laughs> me and my wife is the same way. <laughs> so um, It's I've, just a part of nature at that point. I agree. And um, what we were talking about earlier is this, that uh, I believe disagreements are a beautiful thing. Yeah. I think that that's the best way you get the best solution. Um, I could be stubborn and be right. The other person could be stubborn and be right too. But that's their point of view. That's my point of view. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I'm actually right. That's just how I feel and yeah. believe about it. Right. And same with the other person. It's not saying they're wrong. In their mind, they feel they're right. So sometimes you, when you argue and disagree, you come to a better solution. True. So I think that for me and my wife, sometimes I will, I would continue the argument until we find that solution. Yeah. Whether that solution could be in, okay, let's propose this, or maybe they, she sold me on something that brought me to the certain turning point and say, okay, I see your point now. I I get it. Now, I'm going to lean towards what you're saying. How do you guys resolve that when you're running a a, a, a $10 million million company that's evaluated for and you got so much on the line and you're both strong in mindset? How do you resolve certain things?
1: Because that has to come up. So, one of the biggest things that I think that we are still adjusting to is when we're both at like level 100 is probably not the best time to have the conversation (laughs) you know because nothing if you have two people on level 100 which is just like the max i don't want to just say anger but it can be frustration or just being annoyed correct sometimes the stuff is just not positive you know so sometimes it's it's just better to let people come down from that high of being mad especially me i don't ever i i don't have the ability to stay mad forever even if I'm like through the you know, through the roof, I always come down from it. She holds on to it a little bit more. That's just her personality. Mm, that's just but I, women. I yeah, I, I always kinda just come <laughs> down from it. And I feel like a lot of good does come from it from when you when you can actually talk about it. You know, you just have to be able to have that conversation, which sometimes happens and sometimes doesn't. But because there is so much on the line and, you know, we, we have employees who we care about, you know, so we know if the company doesn't make money, these people don't get fed. You know, it, 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 like me, I could starve, but I'm not gonna let my, her, my wife, and my son starve. And I care about the workers, and I care about anybody that's a, a part of that, and I care about the brand. You know, so if Blue Street is not getting cars out, that's a problem for right, me for right. multiple reasons. And that's why there is that tension because there's a lot involved. You know, there's a lot of money, there's finances, and figuring out that balance is it's key. It's key. You know, and I feel like we we are young, 100. percent so it's always, like, we're still working on it. You know, we're not at the point where, we're like, yeah, we figured out 100%. Right, you know, right. we've gone through our multiple conversations, high and low volume, you know. Right, right. Um, right. And it's just, it, 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 I think, depending on the personalities, it's a part of the process. But when you have two people who are, like, movers and shakers, it's, mm-hmm. that, that's going to happen. Right, right. You know, so it, it's something that we still work on. Um, you have to have the uncomfortable conversations It's the biggest thing, I think. You may not want to have them. It may not end the way you want it to end, but you have to have the uncomfortable conversations. If you don't, things are probably going to fall apart. You know. Yeah, yeah. So you have to have those those yeah, talks. Yeah, because
0: you when you think about it, this is the person that you're in partnership with. Two partnership with you're in partnership in marriage and you're partnership in business. Yep. And then you gotta come home and see each other, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So, to me, it, it it definitely helps when you guys are on the same page. Mm-hmm. But it definitely helps when you can resolve the argument and look for the best point of view
2: I, I think the biggest thing for me was learning that we could be on the same page but we could be on a, a different you know a paragraph sometimes yeah. mm. um, and sometimes that's okay because maybe I read that verse already or maybe I didn't get to it yet
1: you could be mm-hmm. on the same page but and just perceive two different things yeah. you know you could read me and you could read the same paragraph and be like oh, I got this from it. Yeah. But remember it meant being, something remember different. Remember being in a school and reading a book and teachers like, well, what'd what, like, what you get from this? Yeah. What'd you get from this? And you're like, yeah. how the heck did they get that? <laughs> yeah. You know? It's
0: like, it's like a perfect example. Well, for me, it is a perfect example where everybody reads the Bible and then they all get like different yeah. things from it. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, well, I didn't get that. Yeah. <laughs> where do you get this? And it's not saying they're wrong. Yeah. But then that's what spoke to them, right? Mm-hmm. And so you just have to figure out, like, okay, how did you get to that? No, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I, and I, I think that's, you know, people always talk about being on the same page. Listen, you can be on the same page all you want, but if how you're taking a situation is comes in different, right. you know, what you mentally think is going to solve that problem may be different also.
0: Can you be on the same page together and still be wrong?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I, I'm i very hard on her now where if she has like a big time gut feeling on something that she doesn't want me to do, I like almost fight her to make me not do it. Because usually when she has those like deep desire gut feelings where she's like, we shouldn't do this. Her, even though she's very strong, she'd be like, well, I'll do it because you want to do it. And I'm like, if you feel like a hundred percent that we should not do it, we're not doing it. And right. you could like... In the moment, I'm going to fight you to the death, but yeah, it's, it's yeah, worth it, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Um, because in the moment, it may be annoying, but long term, it's, it's going to cause bigger problems, which we dealt with multiple times, you right. know, because me, I like to trust people. Uh, I, I trust people. I, I don't feel defensive when I go into environments, but just living in the environment that we live in, you yeah. have to be on the defense. You have to not always trust everybody and kind of base them off their actions more than their words. Because like if you tell me, hey, listen, I'm going to come help you. I'm expecting you to come. Yeah, yeah. You know? When she's like, he's not coming. Yeah. You know?
0: I, I, I have a little bit of both then of you guys. Because mm-hmm. I am trustworthy, but then I take people for who they are. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'll, I'll, I'll trust you and I'll trust what you're saying because you haven't, uh, you, you, you're not malicious about it. You, there's no mild intent. But if i know your behavior pattern then i know like okay the person mean well but they're not gonna do it yeah you know so it's like it's not that i don't trust you i just trust you to be who you are
1: i always just try to give people the benefit of the doubt and like to to let them make a mistake first i agree yeah but now what happens
0: now what happens now when you make that mistake a few times but you know they're good people yeah. But they just make that mis- the same mistake over and over. Now you have to treat them according to who different. they are.
2: Yeah. Well, I think yeah. sometimes people don't know who they are. And that grants a bigger problem because yeah. you may think that you're this type of person yeah. and then you're presented with things and you're really not that person.
0: Yeah. True. But whose fault is that? Is there ours for not showing them who they are? Because if you're no, dealing I, I, with them 24-7, yeah. you guys
2: I, I believe in showing people who they are. Oh, yeah. exactly. No, I know you Sometimes... I, know you sometimes
1: I, I think that's yeah. a big thing nowadays is you always... You go on social media and you talk about... You know, social media is just so prevalent in our lives nowadays. And people say, oh, tell me the truth. Keep it real with me. A lot of people don't want to hear oh, it. Oh, no. A no, lot of people yeah. don't want to hear it. No. I know it's true because sometimes I don't want to hear it. Yeah. i was I got to be blunt about yeah. it. Sometimes I don't want to hear what's really going on. True. But sometimes I don't want
0: to hear it because... Your opinion may not matter. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Like, that's the other battle. <laughs> <laughs> like, if your opinion matters, then I'll be like, okay, I, 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 maybe I need to tone it down, or maybe I need to change this. Maybe I need to do that. But if your opinion doesn't matter, then it, to me, it's like... And it's no disrespect. It's just, I don't know you well enough. Yeah. I can't trust you well enough for you to make that evaluation of me.
1: Yeah. It, it just depends on the arena that I, fi- I, I feel like you have expertise in. Like, if I was coming to you like, hey, you know, Stan, I, I want to do a podcast. I have no seniority over you when it comes to that because right. you have so much more experience than me, you know. But if we're talking about renting cars, I'm gonna be like, what? Like, what, what do you know? Yeah. yeah. So I, it depends, you know. But I, I wouldn't put you on a pedestal for everything because I don't know what you're good at. True. You know. True. So I feel like some people like it made me look at you like, man, you know, it starts now. It's growing and growing, and growing, and could grow to who, who knows how many people who are logging in. Right. And you could be the best person of all time of doing podcasts, but that doesn't mean you know anything about a good restaurant. That's true, you know, too, yeah. I've literally had that stuff happen where like, right. I love somebody, and I hate going to bad restaurants or I hate eating bad right, food. Right, right. And I'm like, well, this person knows this and is good at investments, is good at this. Like, Pick a restaurant. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> it's something so stupid. Yeah. But you know, like, no, man, no. your tasting I, food is
0: pretty terrible. I, I agree with you 100%. This person had told me this a long time ago, and I share it to this day, too. Um, I actually read about it, um, but then when he gave me some insight, it's just like, Would you go to a divorced person to ask about marriage? Yeah. That doesn't make sense, this person. And they always want to give the most advice, They want to give the most advice. About how to have a happy marriage. (laughs) I'd rather go with somebody that's been married 30, 40 years and ask them their opinion. How is marriage? And let them give the honest opinion. Yeah. Because at least you know there's some sustainability there. They've been married for a long time. Free on the tree, that they said. Yeah, yeah, and that's it, and that's the key. But I I understand what you're saying. You can't go to everybody for advice, especially if they're not an expert in that. Free advice
1: also could be. Well, free advice.
0: advice. I, I don't listen to free advice unless I think it's uh, along the lines of what other people are saying. Yeah,
1: or maybe you ask for it. If you go to somebody know, and ask true, for it. True, and that's different. Yeah. But when people are just giving you random information, sometimes you probably should just put your headphones on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I I try to, uh, and we try to do it, keep a humble mentality. If I don't know something, I'm just going to listen. And and there's a lot of things I do know, but I don't share because at the end of the day, it's not that I don't want to share. I just don't, I don't want to give somebody an advice on something that I think that I would do. Not necessarily it would benefit you, right? I don't have that obligation. When I see people say, oh, you should invest in this, you should invest in that. Let me invest in what I want to invest. Mm-hmm. And if you ask my opinion, I said, this is what I'm investing in, but I wouldn't go out of my way to say,
2: hey, this is where you, Alan, should you should invest in this. Yeah. No,
0: nah, because I don't think that's right, because now I don't want that obligation. If something goes wrong and you look at me like, damn, Sam, you put me on this. Yeah, you know, then
1: they'll mad at you. I, I always find it really, really funny where it's just, I have to sometimes, you know, like you just had humble myself is because you may feel like you're an expert in a certain category. Right. And I don't know if this didn't happen to anybody in the room and this is super different from what I'm gonna say. But have you ever been in a room where you felt you know a lot about a topic and you were very confident on that topic? And then there's somebody in the room that like outshines you a hundred percent. Oh, And all the then time. that that experience humbles you to death. To
0: <laughs> hey, you, you know you know it's funny? Sometimes I'm, I may be right on the top like I know I'm right on the topic. Yeah. But I'll argue against the topic mm-hmm. because I want to hear what somebody else has to say. And you'll be surprised when you argue against a topic that you probably feel strongly about it anyway. But yeah. you, you know you're on their side. Yeah. But you argue against it to play devil's advocate. Exactly. You get the most uh, unapologetic, honest truth. Because they'll come back because they're so passionate about proving you wrong. Mm-hmm that they're going to go through the tricks and all the tricks and trades that they know and they're going to share it with you. And that's a humbling experience because then you start to realize, wow, this person is so passionate about this.
1: I'm getting shut down. Yeah, I'm getting (laughs)
0: shut down. But I'm learning, Yeah. right? I'm getting shut down, but I'm learning because even though I did agree with them, Mm -hmm. now I got a higher respect because now I'm like, oh, shit, this person really knows this stuff.
1: It's so funny how you talk about investing because... That was, like, the most recent situation that happened to me where we were in a room with, like, maybe, like, seven, eight people, you know, and one guy was talking, like, and you know when somebody's talking about a topic that you know more than them about, and you, but you just sit back and you're just quiet, you know, you're like, I'm just not going to say I'm going to let this guy talk, mm-hmm. and I didn't say anything, and in my head, I was being very arrogant and cocky because I was like, oh, I could, I could shut this guy up right now, I could make this guy look dumb right mm-hmm. now, and then there was another person in the room who I didn't know who... Once I spoke to them, their portfolio was insanely nice, and they were really good at trading and stuff like that. And they finally said something and shut the person down. And I was like, "Wow, thank God I didn't say anything. I would have probably looked stupid too." You know, I was having like the mental battle in my head, and it was just crazy. You know, it's very easy. To, you know, we always talk, "Don't judge a book by its cover," That's so but true. I, I just, you know, you do it anyway. You, yeah, you try not to, but yeah. you do it anyway. And Every,
0: I think everybody judges. Yeah. I think that the. It takes a lot of self-discipline and a lot of maturity to say, you know what, let me at least hear what the person has to say mm-hmm. before I even jump and in. And actually want to listen. And want to listen, too. Yeah. And I think that's the... And, and uh, I'm be honest with you. I think it took me some time to get to the point where I really had to humble myself and say, I don't know... i got to enter a room and pretend that I don't know nothing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because when you'll be surprised how much things that other people know by you just, realize, just making that decision to say, listen, I don't know anything, this is fresh, even though I know some things, you gotta pretend you don't know and just be open to hear anything. And you'll be surprised, someone you probably would have never expected comes out and show you something that's enlightful in, in, in or insightful, whatever it is, and just open up your mind and say, wow, I didn't look at it from this angle. Because it's all about angles. Right, because you're looking at one point of view, uh, one viewpoint, but you may not be looking at it from the second viewpoint or the third viewpoint. It's all about angles, how you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I used to say, like uh, they used to say, you know, the glass is half full, and I used to say, no, nah, it depends on how you drink it. Right. Mm-hmm. It could be half empty or it could be half full. Depends on how you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you'll be surprised when you go in with this mindset of I'm going to learn. Right. And then. It might be half empty or maybe half full, depending on the information that you get when you walk out of there. True. Yeah, so I, I definitely agree with you, man. It's just it's just hard sometimes when you wanna you know you know something and you wanna correct that person. Yeah. But it takes a lot of maturity to say, You know what? Let me listen and I think that's the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Especially for talkers. Yeah.
1: That's definitely true. Sometimes the hardest part of being an entrepreneur is listening to your customers or listening to the people who are investing into you or for you listening to your listeners. You're like, well, they're listening to me. I'm giving them information, but you got to listen to what they want. Yep. Or They don't stop listening. You know, for me, if we stop listening to what our people want. We're out of business. You know, I think that's is the the battle because the, the bigger and bigger you get, the more you kind of want to read your own, your own press clippings. You know, like yeah, yeah, how good yeah. you're doing or yeah. whatever it is. But to humble yourself down is.
0: I think as a leader, you can't smell your own BS. Like you can't get full of it. Mm-hmm. As a leader, you have to say, all right, uh, just because I started this doesn't mean I'm the one that's going to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. My employees could be the one that's helping me take it to the next level. So scalability always depends on who's around you.
1: Yeah. That's huge. And being able to trust people to do it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Being able to trust people to do it.
1: The right team is by far everything. You could correlate that to the Bible, sports, business, everything. I think it's all one. Yeah. Yeah. It's all one.
0: I look at entrepreneurship just like I would look at sports it's all competition still sharp and The the better they get the better you want to get mm-hmm. and so when people say I don't look at things as a competition it's a lie everything's a competition, everything's a competition Right now it's all, has to be a competition. it's all about how do you look at it do you look at it you want to com- beat this person or you want to look at it I want to be just as good or better mm-hmm. so it's not about beating the next person it's about how better you can get, yeah. but the only way you're gonna get that way if you have like a benchmark to say, all right, this is this is the bar, I gotta beat that bar, and that's when when people say no, nah, there's no competition. That's like nah, that's BS. Everything's a competition. Just don't compete with that person, but compete to where they are, and say if that's the bar, I gotta get to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this been great, man. I appreciate it, man. Hey, man, thanks for stopping by,
1: brother. Thanks for having us down.
0: (laughs) I appreciate it. It's been awesome.